welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? We give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Cams, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. Oh, we're just keeping that train rolling. Episode 151. Here we go. On our way to 200. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's no rush because we have, of course... All the time in the world. Oh, That's right. oh. I, I need to just always have the beep, beep, beep noise uh, program, yeah. but uh, you know what? I just don't have it this time. <laughs> um, well, welcome back for another episode, you guys. We're finishing up the Spy Kids franchise. But before yeah, we, we need to know uh, what other franchises you want us to cover, right. and also, you know, any Absolutely. other feedback you have about the 150 episodes or anything else. So email us sequelrights at gmail dot com, or find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. I just realized I'm going to have to have a rating for these movies uh, because we're coming to an end of a franchise. I, I forgot that that oh, was ranking, happening yeah. today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How could well, you no, forget? Each, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I have to come up with a ra- uh, rating as well. Uh, yes, and please uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you get the chance. Uh, let us know uh, of our 150 episodes, which is your favorite uh, and which one you want to share. If you do have a favorite uh, and you've already rated and, review it, rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, uh, tweet that one out, share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. That's right. Uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed last week's uh, retrospective episode for 150 episodes. Man, that was uh, it was fun to put together and, you know, fun to just have a little bit of a look back on the sequel rights life. Back in the before times. That's before right. Before 2020. <laughs> you can hear the happiness in our voices. That's right. Uh, <laughs> now, we're, we're still happy to be here and, uh, yeah, excited to continue on and wrap up another franchise this week with Spy Kids 4D all the time in the world. The Wilsons are like every modern family. Dad! You you have time to eat breakfast with us? Sorry, kids. I've got to get to work. Feed the dog. He doesn't really eat. Here, Gnot. With everyday problems. Worst stepmom ever. But what was supposed to be a special gift? My mother said it would always protect me even in my darkest hour. You're really giving this to me? Holds the key to a madman's evil plan. With the sapphire, we can stop time and the world will end. And we'll uncover... Who the heck are these guys? Enter the panic room now. Their stepmother's secret identity. Hello, children. I am a spy. This is a prank. This is not a prank. (laughs) You know, uh, yeah, this is not a prank. We're doing the fourth (laughs) Spy Kids film. I really wish the dog was a prank. Oh, uh, I like Like how Ricky Gervais is a prank (laughs) on the entire world. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. I thought the dog was funny. We can get into that later. Oh, um, God. But uh, it's because I like Ricky Gervais. I'm sorry. I like Ricky Gervais. I don't like this dog. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you want to get into it now. like Out of the gate. Out of the gate. We hate this dog. I thought the dog was the dog. fucking hilarious because he was acting like he was his own like mystery science theater movie the entire time. Because <laughs> almost every time the dog talked, no one ever like acknowledged that he was saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all just like weird jokes, like you were the audience making fun of this movie. So I thought I just thought that was kind of funny. This movie contains fan favorites like Jeremy Piven and Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah. And accurately pre- 
predicted the villain that is TikTok. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. The most important thing is that this movie teaches kids to be aware of TikTok. TikTok. That's yes. right. Do not enter. Um Yeah, so this is the fourth one. It's 4D, Tyler. It is 4D. That's uh funny. But the seats do not shake and they do not shoot I water know. on you. Uh you get, oh, I just got very sad because it's a secret rights tradition where we go see one 40x movie a year. That's right. We usually try to pick the dumbest movie. And and November, when November of the previous year, after we've already seen whatever Vin Diesel movie it's inevitably going to be, Jess and I start scheming about what movie could it be. We really f- this- Yeah, we really fucked up this year because it's probably not going to happen. And it could have. We were almost going to go see Bloodshot. and it just... We were about, yeah, we were going to go see Bloodshot. We're just... like, there's probably going to be a Jupiter movie. Yeah. And turns out, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. But it was funny. Uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, man, I would love to, like, watching this movie in 4D would be really stupid and funny. Um, there would be bubbles for sure. Oh, yeah. And so many smells. I mean. <laughs> so this, yeah, this was way before 4DX. Well, it's actually, I looked that up because I was wondering about that. Uh, and 4DX was actually introduced in 2009 oh, uh, oh. at CinemaCon. It probably wasn't anywhere yet. Well, it said that, yeah, it said that it opened first in the LA Live uh, Regal Cinemas. And then in 2011, when this movie came out, Regal was like, it's going to open up in 79 more theaters. So I think it was there, but maybe it was just like. No, I mean, that makes sense because the original Spy Kids trailer, like uh, um, the the premiere in Vegas, that Vegas event that we were talking about previously, it was CinemaCon. Um, yeah. So I imagine that Robert Regas is totally tapped into that and was excited about 40X. Well, really, it was just like, we already had three Ds. We have to get an extra D now that it's the fourth movie. Like, That's right. There's no way around it. <laughs> it made you can't sense. have Spy Kids 4 3D. This doesn't make any sense. No. Um, but yeah, so if you didn't live in one of the like 12 cities that had 4DX <laughs> at the time, I guess, uh, you got a little card with scratch and sniff instructions that I'm assuming was just like 10 different farts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny. There's just, yeah. I mean, I could have, I, I didn't have time. To, I didn't have time to put together a uh, super cut of all the times they said time or all the times people were like, ew, what's that smell? Um, I, I honestly don't know what, I can't even think of what any of the smells were other than the farts, maybe the candy, but there's, that's maybe the only other thing I could think yeah, of. Candy. Um, there's a puke bl- smell. Blue cheese dressing, maybe. Oh, blue cheese <laughs> dressing. That for some reason was blue. There was probably a baby food smell. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but what kid is going to be like, wow, this really does smell like blue it cheese do- dressing. It does smell like shiitake mushrooms. Kids yeah. do not eat aged <laughs> cheese. Okay. Like, I hope they had like a metallic you, smell. You heard it here first. You come here for the hot news takes. Kids do not eat aged cheese. Well, it's all cheese is aged, but they do not eat fine cheeses. <laughs> Maybe they had like a smell of um, a musty cobweb smell when they went in the Spy Kids archive. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Wonderful. Well, and then there's just the smell that you get with Jeremy Piven. It's probably Traco Noir. Yeah. Some cologne of some kind, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Jeremy Piven, we immediately, not to spoil the movie or anything, but we immediately get introduced to, uh, the villain TikTok right in the beginning with this fun little like action chase scene with, uh, a new agent Cortez, um, that we haven't You can't tell who it is. 
because his voice sounds yeah. like this. <laughs> and at first I was like, why is his voice like that? And then as soon as I saw Jeremy Piven as the danger Damo guy, I was like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah. It's Jeremy Because Piven. Jeremy Piven's <laughs> voice is just so recognizable. Yeah. Whether it's tiny or low. Yeah. <laughs> you know who it is. It's like, we're going to pitch up TikTok, and then we're going to make Jeremy Piven as the head of the OSS, Danger Diamo, sound like a newsie. Yeah. And then he's also going to have to do a lower <laughs> How voice. How dare you? <laughs> okay. Sound like a bad newsie. <laughs> well, that was a plot point because the, the girl was like, you talk funny later yeah. on. Yeah, that's true. Because um, he was from the 1930s. Yeah. And he <laughs> was wearing a little newspaper hat. Sell him a pape. He was a man in a boy's body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says that in the movie. He does, he does say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Um, yeah, so we're, we get uh, introduced to uh, Jessica Alba is in there as the new Agent Cortez. Um, but she's pregnant. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> She's on her final mission before retiring to to have to be a mom, a stepmom, and a real mom. Not that stepmoms aren't real moms. <laughs> this, uh, That's the face, sound of somebody yeah. digging a hole deeper. <laughs> Rebecca sure seems to agree with you. We're gonna get like, lots of angry stepmom letters. Uh, you don't know how hard I don't work. call her their mom. She's their stepmom. Uh, okay, like oh yeah, they do that so many times in this movie that you actually just like don't sympathize with the kids at all. You just They're feel so bad mean. for Jessica Alba. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm so old now that I'm like, wow, she's really trying. Those kids are so mean. But maybe kids when they watch it are like. Ew, I wouldn't want Jessica Alba to be my stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also feel like that this might have been the time and I, I have to check my facts here, where Rob Rodriguez had left his wife for Rose McGowan. I don't know. I don't think so that might be part of the couples. here as well. <laughs> <laughs> I did read in the uh, you know, dubious IMDB trivia, uh, but I also saw this other places that he had the idea for a spy mom because on the set of um machete is it machete yeah what whatever wherever jessica alba was she had she yeah. was all dressed up in her whatever and she had to like change a poopy diaper and like the poop was just like getting everywhere and she was trying to keep it from getting onto her costume and um so he was like oh spy mom well, and he just sat there and watched it and thought it was funny <laughs> <laughs> Let me get you some help. I mean, yeah. that, that, uh, can we get a PA over here with some wipes, please? <laughs> it's like I think his instinct was somewhat correct because I do think that scene where she uh, goes uh, on that mission with the baby strapped on, like the baby Bjorn, is kind of the funny. Bjorn is great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she, her, they take it a little bit too far um, with how long the baby is with her, but it is generally cute. Also, when she's pregnant, too, you know, yeah. like, uh, the, she's like, hey, come on, give me a break. I'm pregnant. And the thug is like, oh, congratulations. And she punches her. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, there's some um, funny stuff. And yeah, I mean, at first I was kind of like, well, why is she retiring? Just because she's going to be a mom. I don't get it. And also her boss sounded really like, you know, you're about to be a mom. Time to hang up your, <laughs> you know, your badge or whatever he, it was he was saying yeah. on the intercom. I was like. Yikes, sexist, but, you know, he ends up being the villain, so it makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Um, and, yeah, we meet uh, – it was funny. The the very first part after the um, 
the very first part after the big title sequence like logo comes up felt really like sitcom-y to me because <laughs> it like opens on the house like and then they're like all around the kitchen table and I almost half expected there to be like a you know an audience noise people clapping at jokes and stuff <laughs> oh the baby threw you know more goop at the mom <laughs> well and the the poster or the you know the image when you decide to watch this movie on Netflix or whatever it looks like they're a whole spy family but very quickly you through a video call or through a phone car call you find out that uh, joel McHale. well first of all you find out that she's given up her entire career in life for joel McHale. (laughs) and you're like seriously (laughs) yeah then you find out that he doesn't even know she's a spy he thinks that she's the world's most dedicated interior decorator (laughs) (laughs) which okay that was a funny line i mean obviously joel McHale is naturally funny but this character is is a bit uh, not funny so uh Correct. yeah so anyways <laughs> he doesn't know uh you find out that his kids hate her for some weird reason um just because she's not their mom I and think. then you have this other baby that's one that which is really fair. really likes farting and throwing things at them. yeah yeah like i get it like some you know like some kids don't want a step parent yeah it's a trope and you're gonna make a, you're gonna think whatever you want and think she's hiding stuff. And in this case, she really is. Yeah, she's an actual spy, mm-hmm. mom, spy dude. She's a spy mom, well, <laughs> spy baby, spy dog. Yeah. Overall, though, I think Jessica Alba was pretty good in this movie. She mm-hmm. is. She's great. Yeah, she gets to be pretty involved. Uh, the parents are pretty involved in this, and some other characters that I. Didn't think would be quite as involved or involved later. So Jessica Alba is allegedly Antonio Banderas' sister. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Because she says that because Carmen, who shows up later, says that she's her aunt. Right. So, yeah, she's Antonio Banderas and Machete's sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, and, and this is why I always thought it was so ridiculous that Cheech was always saying, I'm not your real uncle. Like, I just feel like in most, like, Latinx families, a- anybody can be your your uncle or your aunt. You know? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, they're my second cousin once removed or whatever. But it's like, you know what? You're around the same age as my parents. You're my aunt. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just like, whatever, Cheech. You know, get over it. But, yeah, this one, who knows if she's actually their sister or whatever it is. We never even met his parents. We only met um, Ingrid's parents. That's true. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, Ingrid's parents and Ricardo Montalban having superpowers from being in a wheelchair, <laughs> we also continue that uh, with a boy uh, who has hearing issues and has improved all of his senses. Yeah, that was to the his... point where it gave him super strength at the end of the movie. I guess. Well, no, he had I that the was gloves. From the gloves. No, he doesn't need the gloves. Yeah, he turned the hearing aids up all the way and used it to hear the lock clicking. I think that was just, uh, yeah, I mean, that whole thing was weird because it it was like clearly just to be like, my sense of smell is stronger. Let me smell this Cheeto. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Cheetos. Yeah, so Um, I think that was. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a little problematic. And it's funny because I when I was looking this kid up, I thought he actually maybe really was hearing impaired because I saw that his uh, big his other big role is on the show Speechless. But uh, that's 
not even about being hearing impaired. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. And, and he's then like he's the just like the other it. brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, yeah. So, um, you know, and I saw some Twitter thread with him from a long time ago of some kid asking him, like, are you actually hearing impaired? Like the kid in the movie. And he was like, no, I'm not. But I tried to learn, you know, sign language for the movie and like, you know. Which really they never admire. use. Yeah. yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but it's not like it was his decision, so. Right. It is just a weird thing, like. It's, him- it's, 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 a, it's a lame trope. I mean, it's cool. It's great that the kid, you know, is very capable and, you know, um, I'm turning be- my hearing aids down now is a joke that, you know, every grandpa loves. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, it would be nice. Film is for grandpas out there. That that they that he had, and they just didn't talk about it because he was a normal kid. Yeah, or if that's going to be a main thing when you're writing this character, hire a hearing impaired actor uh, like the girl in um, A Quiet Place, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mr. Wrench from Fargo. He's the best. So yeah, we've talked about <laughs> Cecil Mason Cook. Um, Rebecca uh, is the s- older sister. Um, apparently, she's actually younger in real life, but um, you know how boys age not quickly. <laughs> uh, so he's a whole year younger. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, she's very. It's interesting because I, for some reason, have seen every episode of girl meets world and rowan blanchard this girl is riley matthews the daughter of Corey and topanga um (laughs) the unofficial niece of sean uh from cabin fever and uh yeah but her character you know she's like not the sassy getting into trouble one because that's her friend of course because her friend's like the sean and she's like the Corey. so it's weird to see her being such an annoying you know just mean spirited like angry brat in most of this movie um the prankster yeah it's kind of weird and but you know like she's a kid actor what are you gonna do it's all your fault that the, the, this is why we don't have spy kids five because you just had to have girl meets world starring Rowan Blanchard. <laughs> Apparently that's like part of the reason is that both of the kids had by then had regular, regular shows. Yeah. Speechless and Grooming's World. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, her character was just so mean. <laughs> yeah. She's the one who's like constantly just going after Jessica Alba and her brother is like, always like, Hey, like cool it. Like, you yeah. know, relax. Well, I get it. He's younger. He probably remembers their mom less, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a boy, not a girl. And so a girl's going to probably be more salty about someone trying to come in and be like a mom to them. Um, but I think I, the, after the first few times, it's like, okay, we get it. Like she doesn't need to keep doing this to the point where it is um, getting in the way of like, what they're actually doing in the movie and it's like just so 
incredibly hurtful to Jessica Alba that she's doing it over and over and over and over. It's like, we've all seen movies with stepkids. We get it. The kid <laughs> does it once and, we, and you see how hurt the parent is and that's it. Or vice versa. The parent says, oh, my stepkids and you see how hurt the kid is, right? But I don't think you need to keep doing it over and over and over in front of large groups of people. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Um, like where there's in, slime involved. In yeah, the middle of a battle. the yeah. action of the film so that the girl can correct and be like, no, no, no. Stepkids. <laughs> yeah, okay? that, you know? that was like, the worst one. Hey, you henchmen, stop fighting us. This is my stepmom, not my mom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she's protecting you right now. She's putting her life on the line. Like, uh, get over it. Yeah. Or just uh, bring it up later. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know why at that yeah. point in the movie, because it's like towards the end of the movie that she's still like, uh, we're your stepkids. Like, yeah, don't say like, kids. We get it. We know. We know how her Jessica Alba is. You don't need to keep doing this. No one cares. Like, yeah. By that point, aren't you like, dang, she's a cool spy. Like, and we're fighting these bad guys. Like, yeah. she saved your life regardless. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that there's some stepkids that are just like, that's never going to be my mom. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like it's it's allowing that to exist, and I don't know. There's some people. That I guess I, in a I, life I, or death situation. Are you going to take the time to tell the criminals? Time? Like, <laughs> are you going to take the time, Elis? We have all the time. I'm going to point out every world. time someone says time. No, at <laughs> that point, time was running out. Okay. So I guess yeah, that brings us to the insane. Oh, shoot. It's the end of the episode, you guys. Time's been moving really fast. Time's run out. It's already next Friday. Yeah, shoot. We should be recording the next episode. No, I'm kidding. Go on, Elis. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I I, I don't even know what to say. Like, (laughs) Jeremy Piven. um, Well, this. There's multiple versions. Yeah. I think we could talk about how uh, this movie is basically. it's very, very similar to the first film uh, in like the setup of as how the like how the kids are finding out that their parent parental person, you know, is a spy and they have to go into a panic room and then they get shot out through, uh, you know, a, a crazy jet thing. It's like that like exact that, thing that. happens in the first movie. And they're like, yep. they even have the same line as like, there's no way she's a spy. She's not cool enough. Yeah, I mean, that was obviously on purpose. Uh, well, yeah, I know. But I mean, like, yeah. it, it, this movie, even though it has uh, a lot of, you know, things that make it a sequel, it's definitely trying to reboot and, like, capture as much as of the original as they can, even by copying some of these, like, some of these, you know, plot points beat for beat. Yeah, and their dad is a spy hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess. He's like trying to film a pilot, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to make his own reality show unsuccessfully. It seems to be the only thing he has going for him is that he's uh, unbelievably handsome, as he says, uh, self-deprecatingly, as they cut to a still of him looking stupid. Um, But no, he's never caught a spy. Before their baby is born, he's trying to make the show. Then when we cut a year ahead when the baby has been born... He's making the show, but has yet to find another spy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think if they're playing off of like ghost hunters, you know, like I don't know if any ghost hunters have an episode where they actually, well, other than those guys, where they're like, my guys. wife is a ghost. But, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know oh, that. <laughs> so, dude, bro, are you a ghost? My wife Zach has been Baggins? a ghost the whole time. Yeah. But, you know, 
he was holding out because even though he hadn't found a spy yet, he did own the device that actually somehow yes. the acme spies. the acme spy finder spy finder 3000 <laughs> you have to switch it you have to switch it off of roadrunners and then onto spice <laughs> so yeah yeah that know. was really weird so um, okay let, like like we're we're talking about this movie and like uh, different plot things like it's 2011 uh and this movie the effects and everything else appear to be of the same quality as 2004? Really? I was going to say that I thought that they were a lot better. I think it looks good. Yeah. I would say relative to where visual effects had made it by this time to what they were doing in the original three films, this is pretty stark. Like, this feels pretty unacceptable to me <laughs> oh i didn't think it was that the only time that i thought it looked like you know uh, time that i thought it looked pretty <laughs> pretty iffy it was during the any the scenes where it was like giant clock everything cg the entire room is cg clock that and the jet escape was pretty bad but even that looked so much more real than yeah the video i didn't think the jet escape world. was that bad yeah right but yes but spy kids 2 looked better than that I don't know about that. <laughs> I would say, uh, while we're talking about all these effects and everything, I did like that this uh, this movie felt like a return to form after three, where it was like, this is back to everything being like a live action cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are getting launched around all goofy stuff and everything. Frozen the, a lot. Yeah, everything for the most part is live action. Uh, henchmen being wrapped around poles. Yes. Like really fun stuff like that. Uh, springs like cartoon springs shooting people out of, <laughs> out of fireplaces. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a good, a good after we have seen, you know, what everything digital looks like in number three. Like it was, I was glad that most of this was live action. Yeah. Um, their dogs are robot. And we hinted at this at the beginning, but I don't like him. Justin likes him. I mean, the talking dog is dumb, but like, I thought that it was funny that he just was like constantly commenting on things and no one was ever going like, <laughs> or like, you know, it was just like, you know, yeah. when he was talking directly to them, they would be like, oh yeah, we're talking to this dog. But then throughout the rest of the movie, he would always be saying these like, yeah, what I would characterize as like, you know, uh, jokey mystery science theater 3000 comments. <laughs> and I just thought it was Yeah, but funny. okay. So if it's, if it, there's someone talking remotely through the robot dog, okay, humor, sure, fine. But if it's a robot dog, fully like self-sufficient AI, why is it programmed to be mean, sassy, funny, Ricky Gervais? Like, might uh, I might I point you to Alan Rickman's performance as the robot in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I don't know because yeah. it's funny. <laughs> what else is it going to be? Because because the what, I think that there's an inherent joke in AI writing that in order to make them human and feel like more actually intelligent is that they have to hate themselves in some way. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, what would you want it to be like a serious talking dog? Well, no, but the comedy <laughs> should be from the fact that it is a robot. Not the fact that it's Ricky Gervais. 
Yeah, but then why yeah. hire Ricky Gervais? I don't know. I think I, I think like I if see, you think about I, like no. K2SO or um, I see I see what you're I absolutely see what you're saying. I do not think that Ricky Gervais in 2011 I don't know, 2011 he was fairly well known. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Um I just overthink it and I'm like who programmed the dog? to be mean and sarcastic i was not thinking that at all i was just like oh the dog is you know if it's been watching these kids for forever and now finally gets to talk and is, fun of I, have, I have a perfect answer for you and the answer is mike judge <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i just like that he was making fun of the kids to their face and no one was saying anything <laughs> uh, they're yeah, like, okay <laughs> no no giggles in this uh well, there was one moment where we had like references to all the old characters when right towards the very end of the movie when Junie calls the two kids that are in the room, uh, there is like a um call log contacts list on the side and it has Gary Giggles and Gertie and Dinky Winks and Romano and all those guys. I missed that. I also didn't see that. Yeah. Did we watch the movie? maybe if it was you know if it was in if it was in 5d i probably would have seen it but i yeah couldn't, i couldn't see it with 4ds we did get a cool thing where there's a, a meta joke where they take them into the part of the oss where all the mm-hmm. spy kids gear is and it's like uh it was before it's time like we didn't like people didn't know you know and they had the what was the robot frog's name they had Ralph, the little the little toy. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Junie's Junie's Ralph and all that stuff, and it was cool. Like they had all those props around, and that was super fun. Yeah, I like that they you know they reintroduce Carmen. Uh, she shows up yep. to uh, welcome the kids at the OSS headquarters, and uh, yeah, like you said, takes them into this Spy Kids Division archives, uh, and it and it seems like you know the Spy Kids Division doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. And uh, I thought that was really cool because, you know, we had uh, when we had Alexa on, she was talking about how, like, all those things were really built and they still have some of those props. And, like, it was cool to see, like, oh, there are those props right there. And yeah, they, even like the plane and like yeah. Yeah, the console. So and they had like the thumb guys in the background, too. <laughs> I thought that was Yeah, I thought she was um, really good in those moments where she was like interacting with the kids. Yeah, it was cute. Um, oh, yeah, she's yeah. great. So. And when they and when they they come across like a, a a video archive of showing scenes from the old movies, the kids are like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> and it's yeah. it's clearly Junie. And I love that moment when she's like, "We shall not talk about him." <laughs> we shall not talk about Junie. We must. Yeah, not talk about I don't him. really get what happened <laughs> with them or why no. they decided to do it that way. Right, like I thought he was gonna be the timekeeper or some bullshit, and then it was just like, nope, like we just saved him to come in as a badass for like a scene, I guess, and then their relationship's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, no, it's definitely like I just wish that they had uh, given him a little bit more to do, I guess, because she definitely got a lot more to do than him. Maybe it was a timing thing. Maybe she had more days available than he did, or whatever. It was but... making up for Spy Kids three. Yeah, right. I guess so. But yeah, I'm kind of like, you know, we left Junie and he had only come back for that one mission. He had quit the OSS, but then he says that he's been on a secret mission for seven years. And like, I don't really. Know. A secret mission? Yeah, of, of I, I kind of. 
I kind of hate the idea that they just haven't talked to each other for seven years. Yeah. Like, I feel like that wouldn't really. No. And, yeah. Yeah. And like and with their family, too. Like, yeah, I, I kind of hate it. I, I do. Yeah. I, I don't like it. Yeah. It just but sounds anyway. like he was too ashamed of failing on his own. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was right. The main thing. So, yeah, there's a big clock hidden under the ground. <laughs> yeah, like there's a wannabe, a big clock. <laughs> wannabe, yeah, great just mouse like detective. just like a fucking clock and whatever. <laughs> great mouse detective uh, wannabe ripoff where they're jumping over clock hands and stuff. Yeah, I was like, I kept getting confused about what was the device and what was just like a giant clock layer that he had made <laughs> right yeah it's confusing like there's like a MacGuffin of like a necklace that fell from a meteor that jessica alba had that then gave to her stepdaughter but then asked for it back and apparently something can stop the thing Some uh sort of alien crystal yeah very weird I did like where towards the end when we're getting lots of monologuing from Jeremy Piven and like the 85 Jeremy Piven clones about, you know, what this, what had actually happened. Um, at some point, one of the Jeremy Pivens had taken the kids hearing aids yeah. away from him. <laughs> and then later on they were doing sign language and Jeremy, the Jeremy Piven prime is like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, what, why are you making hand signals? And they're like, he's hearing impaired and you're, you know, the dude took his hearing aids. He's like, oh, give him his hearing aids back. We're not monsters. Yeah. Jesus. You know, like, oh, right, that was one know? of the better parts of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what? I know. Give him back the hearing aids. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if we want to explain what happened to Jeremy Piven. I thought his backstory uh, was pretty good. Time. It's actually pretty interesting, yeah. It's one so of those, like, like tragic, uh, oh, you know, tragic backstories that is like, oh, this, it, it humanizes the villain a bit and goes, oh, I yeah. guess you understand why he's doing this. It makes more, I will say that it makes more sense than the toy maker. Yeah, the toy maker is full of holes. <laughs> like, huh? Yeah, mechanics-wise, when you are stuck in time, you can hear, you can see, as long as your eyes were open, I guess, and your brain grows and processes, but you don't grow, you don't digest, you don't defecate. You, you don't, don't need food, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you and you move. certainly don't defecate because this movie would give ample opportunity. <laughs> <to defecate. laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so basically that Jeremy Piven's dad was... Also uh, Jeremy Piven. Senior. <laughs> Uh, was was working on a time machine uh, in the 30s. Uh, 1930s Newsies, Jeremy Piven <laughs> ran into the machine. Okay, new, the in- Newsies thing was like in the 19... 19- he was like... <laughs> first of all. Dad, okay, let me no. grab my papes. No, son, stay out of the machine. By 19 teens. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so he gets frozen in stasis. And he has to watch his dad grow old trying to save him while he's stuck in stasis. <laughs> and so his whole deal is that he's trying to perfect time travel so he can go back and see his dad. Uh, yeah. But like the actual interesting twist here is that uh, the spy kids tell him, like, you can't change anything with time travel. Like, you're just going to go back and you'll make a copy of yourself. 
but like you'll always have been stuck there and your dad will always die. And then we have this scene where like all of the henchmen pull off their clock masks and they're all Jeremy Piven, yeah. which is like a nightmare that I'm sure me and most people have had. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Everyone's Jeremy Piven. Everyone's Jeremy Piven. It's Jeremy Piven. It's definitely interesting because, yeah, you said stasis, but typically like the people are not conscious for that. Like and so right. the fact that he's conscious is like horrifying, yeah. horrifying, yeah. and terrifying. If any kid were to think about it for more than five seconds, um, right? You think he watched his dad toil and perish trying to save him? Well, yeah, and he had to sit there for yes. like fifth for a well, lifetime. Not only, yeah, lifetime. not only for his dad to die, but then after that, the lab was abandoned, and they only yep. came back later and turned it on. <laughs> so like. Uh, I you just, know, it's like the Futurama Fry thing, but even more depressing. No, like, yeah, yeah, it's like Fry's dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't uh, get what, you know, Jeremy Piven was going to do to try to stop his dad from dying. That seems to be the main thing where he's like, yeah, my dad still died. And I'm like, he died of old age. It's not like he got hit by a car <laughs> when he was young and you could move the car out of the way. He was going to trap him in stasis and then he was going to watch him film every episode of Entourage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey dad it's like when he comes out as old jeremy piven he's like yep my dad still died you were right and i'm like no shit okay i mean yeah. like you know spoilers but he like end games it yep. basically like which is kind of interesting that that was flooding around um but yeah i don't know <laughs> It's certainly a movie that doesn't necessarily have uh, the same levity and fun as the other ones. I think it's trying to get there, but I think in 2011, the window for this type of movie had closed in a way that's kind of sad. Like, I, I think that there should be a space for this type of movie. On Wikipedia, it says that the budget was $27 million, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredibly low and incredibly fun. And there should be silly, fun movies like this that get made. Um well, and really not only has like the cultural space for it closed, but the theatrical space. Correct. I mean, well, obviously there's no theatrical space right now, but <laughs> like, right. You know, pre pandemic, like at this point, this thing never would have made it to the theaters is, like, no, you know, correct. it would have been. And probably even around the time it did come out, they, I'm sure that they were probably thinking, you know, home video but because they had to have the 3d and the 4d and whatever you know they um well no yeah it was more pressing for that i was like here's the theatrical thing that we can spend little money on but make you know and it made uh it looks like 85 million yeah 85 uh, million worldwide worldwide, yeah i mean it made its money back and then some um it's one of those things that i think that is could probably deserve to be a little better, but I also appreciate a space for a spy kid movie where there's a bunch of fart jokes and a talking dog and whatever it is. And it's, it would probably would have been super fun when I, if I was nine years old Yeah, and I don't think that there's a lot of that happening now. And I, yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. It just felt really felt like a, a TV 
movie yep. or streaming. Yeah, and I do I do think By that uh, I think I feel like more than the third one, I do feel like it it, it lands on like a pretty solid message about like using the time that you have to spend with the people you love. Cause you don't know when you'll be out of time. Like, yep. And, and, uh, and, and it does not shy away from hammering that home. Yeah. saying that directly and sh- giving you reasons. why. Yeah. And true. I think that's a good message for people. And, uh, you know, maybe it's told through this super convoluted, <laughs> crazy, goofy story. But if, if, if kids are able to come away with that and maybe the parents that are forced to watch it with their kids, also come away with that a little bit, then, you know, I think that, I think that, uh, is a good thing. Yeah. Because like, I mean, what was the message of the third one? Like, like play less video games and don't yeah. kill people for revenge. Grandpas are cool. Sometimes <laughs> grandpas are cool. <laughs> exactly. So the third one didn't, didn't land the family message. Like spend, yeah. Spend time with your family is a little bit more relatable than don't murder. For I mean, revenge. yeah. One of the, one of the, my, one of the funniest parts in this movie uh, and one of my favorite parts is when, uh, you know, Joel McHale's character is like yeah. driving around uh, with his like videographer <laughs> uh, who's like filming the show with him. And he's talking about like, yeah, man, like once I once I've got the show and it's been on for five years, then I'll really have like I'll be, I have prime time. I'll have all this time to spend with my kids. And the guy who's, you know, with him driving is like, hey, man, you won't. Your 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 kids won't be kids anymore by that point. He's like, yeah. "What do you talk about?" And then he has this amazing he line where crying, yeah. he has this amazing line <laughs> where he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, by that time, like, you'll have all the time in the world f- for regret." <laughs> and then he just breaks yeah, down. And he's in just tears. like, <laughs> "No, I have to say, like, I I was surprised by the reaction of Joel McHale's character because the whole gag is that they get the footage, but he can't see it because it's so far away. And when they get back to the studio, he's watching it and he realizes that that's his wife and kids. And you know, he he doesn't like get mad or expose them or care about fame. You know, he actually like takes the tape and eats it and pours coffee on the computer and, you know, whatever. (laughs) And and it's like, and loses his TV show in the process. So I actually thought that was pretty surprising. I guess maybe I agree. And and they don't get in a crazy fight afterwards either. Like, it's not like, yeah. Yeah. Cause you just think that like fame would be like the most important thing, but he shows up to help save the day even. <laughs> a yeah. little bit after the, the dog calls when a dog calls yeah i mean he does have a moment where he like is kind of like i don't know about this and he goes home but like which is pretty stupid because obviously his kids were <laughs> yeah i know and they find him say they're safe the <laughs> they're in the oss they're in a safe room like you know so but still like wouldn't he want to go be with them right away instead of going home to feel sorry for himself yeah yeah <sighs> white male fragility what are you gonna do <laughs> Well, I don't know. You, uh, do you guys want to wrap this one up? You got a rating rating system? I think so. I think a rating system for this movie would have to be how many hammer gloves. <laughs> Those hammer gloves were cool. Oh, that, that one scene where he turns off the lights. Oh, and, yeah. And the, and the hands just go flying around. I thought that was really cool. And I was like, that might have looked cool in 3D. <laughs> Actually, I, I apologize. The absolute correct answer for the rating system is how many wristwatches <laughs> wearing on your person? On, at what time? On one, on, on your, how many wristwatches upon your forearm? <laughs> 
do you give? Yeah, that's a, that's another thing that he uses his <laughs> his uh, hearing aids for to hear all the wristwatches. <laughs> oh yes. Also, uh, according to this movie, if you're a kid, you should be really studying up on anagrams. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, right. He's like a Lisa Simpson status, like you know, doing those anagrams. anagram solver. Yeah, yeah. that's the I only. Think he, like... he, he's a big fan of Lost, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he I think, oh, right all away. the decoders can figure it out, but it's an anagram so. without even seeing his name printed out he's like did you know your name is an anagram yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's pretty impressive spy kid uh justin how many wristwatches are you wearing upon your forearm for this movie uh i rolled up my sleeve and there's one two three four five there's five actually five wristwatches on my sleeve uh actually on my wrist i guess I have a really long wrist. No, um, I, uh, you know, I thought this movie was okay. It's funny, you know, when you read about how the Rotten Tomatoes, I think, is around 22%. And and I feel like, you know, reading some of the reviews, you're like, oh, man, you can tell when people are just like totally, the reviewers at least are just totally over a franchise and like just completely write it off. And like, I, I get that it's not as good as the first movies, but I think if you... Which I don't know who I don't know if anyone really was at this moment in time. Like if you, if you're watching them all like like we are back to back, or you're really invested in the series, I feel like you would see you would maybe like this one a little bit better than three, or at least yeah. like feel like it's a like I said earlier a bit of a return to form of the um like the first two films, or at least an attempt to do that. Um, and find things to like about it. You know, like like we mentioned the the overall message. And the goofy, um, you know, cartoon, live action cartoon comedy that was, you know, a, a trademark, I feel, of the first couple films. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this one is totally fine. And if you're a fan of the franchise, like, you know, even some of the original characters come back. Uh, and uh, I think I think it's uh, I think kids especially would get uh, a lot of out of this movie. Yeah, I will give it four wristwatches uh one for every d uh <laughs> that's in the title nice um uh yeah i hear what you're saying i i really don't think it's like bad i just um it's fine and especially for kids but i think that i still prefer three um just for the sequel stuff i guess uh like we talked yeah. about the big um you know, thing at the end where all the old characters come back mm-hmm. and um, just um, I just think it, it, this one just I I can't really abide by the number of like fart jokes and <laughs> the uh, yeah. lack of forethought <laughs> about robot dog programming. Um, so, you know, like that, that's kind of just, I guess, uh, where I'm at. I did like that, you know, even as an adult, Carmen still uh you know, wants to avoid cursing by using her catchphrase of shiitake mushrooms. Shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled it. Yes. And maybe she was doing that just because she was in front of the kids, but I want to believe that she just does it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Oh, the, the spy baby um, was played by twins uh jenny and bella solarzano 
Uh, yeah, so Lazarno, and their real names are Genevieve and Belinda. So it took me a long time to find them. And then when I did find them, all I could find out was that their grandmother died in 2012. Mm. Oh. Because, I mean, they're like only 11 or 12 at this point. Sure. So I did think that the spy baby was cute, and I did laugh when she flipped that dude at the end because it looks yeah. so goofy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I did think, I mean, obviously they had twins and they filmed it, but I thought it was just really funny with Jessica Alba running around with that baby yeah. strapped to her for that was great. hours, I'm sure. So, go ahead, Yeah, Bobby. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll up my sleeve and find four wristwatches as well. I feel like that it's not, it's, it's fairly disconnected from the rest of the franchises. I do think that it is a better film than Spy Kids 3D because... Ricardo Maltabon does not just randomly chase a butterfly for half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's more focused. I, I feel like it, it is lacking though. It's just, it's just not, it, especially because like there's so many people involved from the original. Like it's not like there's some other director coming in you know, right. trying to like reboot spy kids or something else. So, uh, you know, I feel like that, that because of how tightly knit all the other ones were, this one feels disconnected in a way that like, uh, it makes sense that you can't get Carla Gugino or you can't get Antonio Banderas, but like you could have found a way to tie them in. Like you could have found a way for, you know, I, I it's just, uh, it's a little bit disappointing, and I think that it's the reason that it's the end of the franchise thus far. Well, and Machete is there, and he doesn't even talk. Yep. Yeah, he's just frozen, because for some reason, when a few people get frozen, they're like midair for some reason. <laughs> he was jumping around. Yeah. He was house of pain in it. He was in there, though. I did, I, <laughs> I did think it was, it was surprising to see him, yeah. Uh, I think that that... Is, oh, wait. So, wait. That's going to bring us to the end of the Spy Kids franchise. Are we going to rank them in in order? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's easy for me. It's a one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. I would... Yeah. I might, I might do the same, honestly. But I am conflicted mildly about three and four. I feel like I might do a two, one, three, four. Oh, I I very much enjoy two. I think two is very. Two is I, I think that all the visual effects land. I think that it's way more. Um, You're just doing it for Dinky Winks, aren't you? I love me some Dinky Winks, but no, it's the uh, it's the it's the Harryhausen stuff, so like the skeletons and everything. Like mm. I feel like that it really is this sweet spot of what you could do with visual effects at the time and pushing the envelope. And uh, I, I feel like that that movie is really good. And I don't know if I rated it high enough at the time. Like mm. I, looking back on it, it's incredibly impressive. By the way, I did think this movie was much more violent than the other ones because they're always fighting people. Uh, there's no thumb thumbs. There's no animals. There's no skeletons. And so it was really like, oh, man, they're like just punching people in the face left and right. So well, I did I, see that this one was be, PG. Were the, other, were the other ones also PG? They might have been. To be remember. fair, the clock people that they're all punching, we didn't know were Jeremy Piven until the end. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you might have felt better about it. <laughs> Yeah, you might have thought there were just some weird clock people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Spy Kids crossed off the list. 
Would you? Would you? Uh, okay, let's say. Let's say like two years from now they announce Spy Kids five. Would you uh, be excited or would you? What would you? How would you feel? Would you want to go see? It? Uh, yeah, I would I mean, probably I th- go see the movie. I think we'd have to go see it as a group, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. go see it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of like my pitch that I gave to Alexa for yeah. like a, just Carmen and Junie are adults. Yes. There are no kids whatsoever. It's just like a John Wick, like Atomic Blonde style, like <laughs> complete like murder fest. You know, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be sweet. I would, I would I'd like that too. It's like John Wick just shows up and being like, "I need your help." <laughs> I do, yeah. universe. It's uh, yeah. I mean, we. I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but there is that. There is that uh, Netflix TV show um, that's more recent, but I do feel like this is something that's probably going to bounce back at some point. I mean, Comic-Con this uh, at some point in 2020, Robert Rodriguez <laughs> talked about uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl coming back. Yeah. So who knows? There you, there you go. It could happen. More Spy Kids. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm down. All right. Well, that's that's a, another franchise for us. We got more to come uh, on our road to 200 episodes. Um, <laughs> but uh, before we announce what we're doing next, uh, Elis, where can people get in touch with us? Send us your suggestions via email to sequelrights at gmail.com or find us at Sequel Rights on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find our podcast. It's not just about us feeling good about ourselves. Uh, feed the algorithm. It'd be fantastic. If not, please share episodes that you enjoy. Let us know what you think the Spy Kids should be up to in mm. Spy Kids 5. Mm. Uh, and I would say give us suggestions for what we should do next. But we already know what's going to be coming next. That's right. Uh, so please give us your suggestions what should come after this. But Justin, tell the people what we're going to be talking about <laughs> next week. Uh, well, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, you know, we had so many the we had so many plans this summer. The COVID nineteen has just like decimated uh, any of the new movies coming out. The yeah, we had we we're going to tie in with movies. We we're going to line up perfectly with new releases in theaters. Exactly, and have it be this incredible marketing strategy where we looked like geniuses. <laughs> So we've yeah we've been missing that a little bit, but recently a brand new sequel uh, finally is going to hit theaters and home video at the same time, or premium video on demand, or whatever they're calling it. Um, and that is, if you haven't seen the news, it's Bill and Ted Face the Music. So we're doing the Bill and Ted trilogy next. Keeping with the time travel. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good transition. Excellent adventure, bogus journey. It's going to be great. San Dimas High School Football Rules. And uh, I guess we'll see everybody next week. That's right. <laughs>